0: Should Kyle Rittenhouse get back his rifle and destroy it, or should he wait 20 years and sell it for a million bucks? And if your husband is a police officer who works in the suburbs of Baltimore, and if he goes and moves into the inner city of Baltimore, and he's 10 times more likely to get killed, should you be afraid? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So Heather McDonald was on the Glenn Lowry Podcast. I think about uh, January 20th, 2022, if you want to go listen to it. And she talks about some stats at the very end of the episode. And so she says that police officers are 400 times more likely to be killed by a black person than an unarmed black civilian is to be killed by a police officer. And, you know, it takes a little bit of math to do it, but uh, the numbers that you start with, if you, dear listener, for whatever reason, care to, uh, run the math yourself. Uh, there's, this is, so this is 2021 in 2021. There's like 45 million black Americans. There was four unarmed black people killed by police, according to the Washington post, they're woke. So probably can trust that. And then there was 600,000 police officers and 73 of them got murdered. But, um, we don't know this stat exactly, but on average, 40% of police officers who get murdered are murdered by uh, young black men, or I guess not young, just black men. I don't think it's women. So you do 40% of 73, and you get like 28 or 30 or whatever, and so that's where all the numbers come from if you want to run them yourself. But so she didn't keep going, but I'm like, well, you know, how afraid uh, should police officers be of white people? I mean, the answer is obviously less. It was, uh, let's see, an unarmed white person was 45 times less likely to be killed by a police officer than a police officer was to be killed by a white person. And I'm sure you're going to get similar numbers for, you know, Hispanics. Hispanics and whites get very similar stats on, seems like, everything. I guess, what's the point? Like, you know, Heather McDonald busts this out. I mean, I like her. She busts out stats that are interesting. I got this stat from her. But she doesn't always give the full context. You gotta, you know... Let me tell you, anytime you hear stats, you gotta check it out yourself. And of course, 99% of Americans are incapable of doing that. But that's why you listen to me. But when you say, you know, a cop should be 400 times as afraid as an unarmed black person, you know... You can't really leave the story there, because a cop should, by that same criteria, also be 45 times as afraid as an unarmed white person. And now, you know, police officers, uh, I mean, they know they got a dangerous job, you know? I mean, it's not really that dangerous, but anyways, it's it's not the safest of jobs. I mean, I think it's nothing compared to, like, logging or crab fishing in the Alaskan Ocean, but it is a lot more dangerous than, uh, you know, desk jockeying it. So what does all this mean? I mean, obviously it just, you know, it goes to what I always say where like Black Lives Matter is a bunch of hogwash, etc. But I've said that before and I just said it again. But uh, I think kind of the more interesting thing was, is if you run these stats, uh, it made me think of the wife of the police officer. Or the husband. You know, there's a lot of female cops, so it made me think of the husband of the police officer. Or just the spouse. I mean, hell, if they're gay and they're married, I guess that's the spouse. So yeah, it made me think of the spouse of the police officer. They, them, But So here's the crazy way to look at the stats, because, you know, I don't think cops are that afraid when they go out on duty. So, you know, if you tell a cop, you should be 45 times as afraid as an unarmed white civilian, it's like, yeah, whatever. But if you tell your, if you tell their spouse that you know, they're ten times more likely to get killed if they do police work in a black neighborhood. So you know, like say you're, say your cop, you know, say you're, uh, let's just go, let's just go with a cisgender, uh, racist, sexist, uh, transphobic examples. And so say you got your wife at home and you got your, uh, the man is the cop and he goes to work. If you tell her, you know, and she's afraid, like, you know, say he's he's working in a white neighborhood and she's terrified that he's going to get murdered. And then you tell her that, you know, he's like, oh, honey, you know, I can get a $10,000 a year raise if I, you know, if I, instead of doing in the suburbs of Baltimore, I go into the inner city because they really need cops. If you tell her that, you know, however afraid you were before, you should be 10 times more afraid if he's going and working in a black neighborhood then now you're talking real fear. Like you started with some fear, and then 10 times that is just a ton of fear. And that's uh, you know 45 versus 400. I'm rounding that to 10 times. And also cops, I mean, I don't think they're super afraid, but if you tell them they should be 10 times more afraid if they go into, the, if they work in that neighborhood versus that neighborhood, uh, I don't know, it would give me pause. It would give me pause if I was a cop. I mean, stats are crazy and I don't have the stats on hand to give numbers but um what about people who are armed who get killed by police the answer is that's when that's when civilians should be afraid is when they're armed and they're going and interacting with police i mean the cops should be afraid too but really the civilians should be afraid and then like when you, when should you just be absolutely freaking terrified that the cops are going to kill you it's Right as soon as you pull your gun on them and start shooting. So I don't have a fully thought out idea on this. But I think America owes it to black people and to cops. Uh, America needs to do whatever it takes so that when cops work in a black neighborhood, they're not ten times more likely to be murdered. Like, you know, if you're sending one cop in one cop car normally, maybe you need to send four cops in two cars, you know? maybe that could uh, improve police community relations, which is what is really needed right now. So Mike Pesca on the gist, is talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. And I like Mike, but I think he's got a little long-haul Trump derangement syndrome. And so he was talking about, I guess, Kyle Rittenhouse is asking the justice system for his rifle back. And so Mike says, you know, that it's his rifle that he got illegally. And so I watched kind of a I don't know, a deep dive. Anyways, I watched a YouTube, one of my YouTube lawyers discussing the situation. Um, was it a straw purchase? You know, was it illegal because it was a straw purchase? And the answer was it wasn't. Like Kyle Rittenhouse's friend, I think it was his girlfriend's brother, and it was like his best friend or something. And his fr- he gave his friend $500 or whatever. He gave his friend money, and his friend bought the rifle. And according to them, the agreement was when Kyle turned 18, he could have it. So it's not a straw purchase. Like a straw purchase is when you buy a gun for someone who can't legally buy it, and then give it to them. But in this case, Kyle's friend kept the gun at his house. But basically, what it comes down to, you know, was this Kyle's gun or was this? I forget his. You know, let's call the guy. I can't remember the guy's name. Buddy. We'll call him Buddy. Was this Kyle's gun or was this Buddy's gun? And the answer was, you know, Buddy had possession of it. If Buddy wanted to sell it to someone, give it away to someone, or throw it in the trash, like he could have done any of those things. Kyle was not really in a situation to sell or give away or throw in the trash the gun because he didn't own it. The other guy owned it. So, anyways, that's the straw purchase, whether or not it was a legal situation. It was legal. I mean, you know, the law is the law, like it or love it or hate it, the law is the law. If you hate it, change it. And then Mike goes on, he's saying that he doesn't think that, whatever, he doesn't like AR-15s, and so, whatever, he thinks that it's totemic, iconic, Stands for AR-15s stand for something. Mike admits, a lot of people don't know this, right, you, you take away AR-15s, it ain't gonna change the murder rate, that's not what people kill each other with, it's handguns, which is, that's what people love the most, people love their handguns the most out of all of them, and that's what you gotta take away if you wanna change the murder rate. But so, Mike Pesca he's saying that, like, you know, these AR-15s, the reason why we should get rid of them is because they stand for something. But you know what? That ain't gun owners' fault. That ain't the fault of the AR-15. That's, you know, left-wing media has been, has put it up as a boogeyman. I mean, you know, it wouldn't, it was just a rifle. You know, it was a well-designed rifle. You know, it was a, it's the civilian version of the rifle that the U.S. Army uses. The U.S. Army's got more money than God. And so, of course, you know, they have their, Whatever, they choose a good rifle for the Army, and then, you know, you're like, oh, well, which, which one should I get? How do I know which rifle is good? You're like, oh, well, why don't you get the one the U.S. Army uses? And like, oh, yeah, oh, this one does work good. And, you know, it's a little small for deer. I mean, people still use it for deer, but you want to, what is it? I think you want to keep deer within 100 yards, not super long shots. So you don't usually use it for deer. But like and I don't think people should go out and kill coyotes. But if I was going to go kill some coyotes, an AR-15 would be like exactly the perfect type of rifle to do that. Like it's accurate. There's no kick. You know, you're not going to be flinching. It's just super accurate. You put a scope on there and you can put... I had a buddy who had one and I think it's the one time I ever shot an AR-15. I had a buddy. He put a trigger job on it, which makes it easier to shoot. And then he put a nice scope on it. And you could just, at 100 yards, you could put one bullet or do, 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 like, bullet after bullet, just in, I don't know, like, the size of a silver dollar, I mean, it was insane, it was so easy to use, it turned a person who's not good at shooting into, like, an amazing shot, I mean, it's just, I guess that's the point, you know, why does the U.S. Army use the, use something like it, it's because it turns their, uh, idiot soldiers into wonderful shots, like, these, the U.S. Army used to, uh, Used to, I think they used to use 30 030 sixes, which is just a humongous bullet that kicks like a freaking horse. And I think, this, you know, the, the dumb young soldiers, they were terrible shots. They were flinching, right? They are like, turning their head away, not looking at the tar- target, just getting ready to be kicked by a horse. So that's why they switched to uh, the M16, you know, slash AR-15. I mean, if I was Kyle, basically he's a young kid, doesn't look like he's too smart... Doesn't look like he's, you know, going to college to become an electrical engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. So if he ever wants to make money, I mean, now is the time. Somehow turn his fame and the internet into cash. And so, I don't know, you know, getting the gun back and then destroying it. I don't know if I said that. He wants to destroy the gun when he gets it back. And as a symbol of I don't know what. That's not a terrible idea. I mean, you could do like a... I mean, I don't know. Could you make a movie? You could probably make a two-hour movie about Kyle Rittenhouse, and then at the end of the movie, you destroy the gun. That would be that'd be pretty good for the end of a movie. Or on the other hand, I would just get it back and I would keep it. Like right now, people would go too ape s crazy, but, uh, you know, it's a famous gun. It's a famous gun. It goes down in history. you probably sell that thing for a million bucks, uh, you know, 10, 20 years from now. Twitter handle, at religionofwoke. Please come interact with me, someone, anyone. Please, please, please. Thanks for listening.